Is it painful for you to connect with people over a cup of coffee? Hey, look, I've got it in a cup. You don't know what it is. Well, we'll eat for you. So if this is tea rather than coffee, a person should find that so disturbing? I'm sorry that you're not going to like what I'm about to say, but I'm afraid your wife has a bit of a point. Really? Yes. There's a point. Look, I can talk just as well holding this cup as if there were coffee in it. What's the difference? You want to know the difference? Yeah, I do. We go to an ice cream shop. I get a cone. And you get a salad. That's the difference. Even though we're momentarily meeting folks virtually, think back to the olden days and think ahead to the days where there will be no virus keeping us indoors. When you're faced with the option of going out to meet someone for a quick chat and a cup of joe, how much goes into that dance that you do? The hemming and the hawing and the getting nervous and the overthinking of the act of meeting someone for coffee. Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? with me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. This week, let's focus on the famous coffee debate. Is it worth your going out to meet a stranger and potentially waste 20 minutes of your life plus 20 minutes of parking that you'll never get back? Or should you skip it and focus on your own work instead? I've scribbled absolutely nothing down for this episode because I want to be completely honest with you. I'm nearly 16 years into entrepreneurship and I still continue to battle with the coffee question all the time. On the one hand, I consider the people whom I rely on now to mentor me, give me strong business advice, or just vent about the ups and downs of my day to be the best people in my life. And how did I meet them all? Over coffee. I met Tracy because I was interested in possibly shifting the legal formation of my company from a for-profit entity to a non-profit one. She was recommended to me as someone who was the go-to in the non-profit world, so I asked her to, you know, get a cup of coffee. We met at her place of business and she was super sweet and bubbly. I remember thinking that I was doing a great job wasting her time because I didn't show up with pointed questions and I certainly wasn't prepared to understand why she was the queen bee of the 501c3 world. I really should have looked that up. But it turns out, none of that professional stuff mattered. We hit it off because we were both excited to meet someone new and we both, as we discovered later, hate, hate, hate meeting folks for coffee in theory that we both were really relieved to have met someone so wonderful. I met Dave in a really strange way. I just met with another guy who was putting on this huge national tech conference in Chicago, and I was hoping he'd give me a speaker slot at the fest. Apropos of nothing, in the middle of his own sentence, he cut himself off to tell me, you know, I think you'd really get along well with a guy I met just before this meeting. There was no reason beyond that. But because he suggested it, and because I wanted him to consider me for the fest, you can bet that I was going to do whatever he suggested. So I ended up meeting with Dave. Years later, as Dave and I support each other in our marketing schemes, we talk about our book launches and our family stuff, 
We still joke about what a dud that festival planner was and how random it was that he introduced us to each other. But here we are, years later, benefiting from a truly wonderful professional relationship. I've met so many of my closest confidants because of bizarre opportunities. I mean, one of my favorite business people on the planet is a friend of mine because someone told me that we both, and I'm, I'm quoting them, talk the same way. <laughs> I mean, I reminded some guy of this woman who is now one of my nearest and dearest. We were set up because he thought we were so similar, and it turns out we're nothing of the sort. But I adore her just the same. This is why coffees continue to confound people. The pointed reasons that we sit down with people to make more money, to sell our stuff, to request future connections from the new connection, they're not usually the reasons that we end up in long-term, wildly helpful relationships. That's what friends are for. I think this is why I, and maybe you, continue to roll our eyes at the thought of another virtual meeting with another stranger. I know how long it takes to get to know someone. For me to explain what I do for a living would take hours. And I want to go deeper than a mere pitch. Otherwise, I just know they won't be able to help out. I mean, how can you figure out how to help someone without a deep understanding of a business? Why do we not listen to each other? Number one, we'd rather talk. When I'm talking, I'm in control. I don't have to hear anything I'm not interested in. I'm the center of attention. I can bolster my own identity. But there's another reason. We get distracted. The average person talks at about 225 words per minute, but we can listen at up to 500 words per minute. So our minds are filling in those other 275 words. And look, I know it takes effort and energy to actually pay attention to someone, but if you can't do that, you're not in a conversation. You're just two people shouting out barely related sentences in the same place. <laughs> You have, to, you have to listen to one another. Stephen Covey said it very beautifully. He said, most of us don't listen with the intent to understand. We listen with the intent to reply. Frankly, people don't care about the years, the names, the dates, all those details that you're struggling to come up with in your mind. They don't care. What they care about is you. They care about what you're like, what you have in common. So forget the details. Leave them out. But I always, always, always lose sight of the fact that the main reason we're connected should come up later, in our third or our fourth conversation. The starting point always needs to be about whether I actually like the person. And for every person I meet and like, there are nine or ten people that I don't. We don't get along. They aren't likable to me. I'm not likable to them. The energy is weird. The narcissism is there. For whatever reason, the majority of folks we meet aren't right for us. But here's something really important to remember. We need those people. They're the ones drawing the boundaries for us so that when the gems show up, they shine bright. There was one moment in my career when I wanted to make coffee meetings more efficient. I took a tip from a fellow entrepreneur who suggested doing group coffee meetings. So, I put a link on my website and I started offering specific days and times of the week where I'd be meeting with two to four people and I would charge for it. My time was valuable, right? It sounded like a total no-brainer. It sounded more efficient. And if you can believe it, 
people showed up. They paid me and they spent the hour making the most of our time together. But I stopped doing those about six months after I started. Even making money on them, they weren't worth it. The money got in the way of the genuine exchange that we all see over the dreaded coffee meeting. It was a one-sided conversation and more of a mentor-mentee thing that benefited attendees, but it didn't really benefit me. It lost its charm real fast. To date, I continue to meet with folks for coffee, virtually or otherwise. That said, I'm older, I'm wiser, and I say no to an awful lot of people now that I know are gonna be a waste of my time by the way that they approach me or the way that they talk. Maybe it's the way that they email me and fill me in about what they're doing for a living. These days, I can sense when somebody's gonna be a massive waste of time. But for the folks that aren't totally clear for me in that they won't be awful, I still give each and every one of them a chance. Do you carry the coffee debate in your head too? Tell me all about it. Call or text me at 708-872-7878. I'd love to hear your story. You don't call, you don't write. Do both. Go to jillsalzman.com slash podcast where you're going to find a spot to record a message to me so that I can talk to you in a future episode. Ask questions, share critiques, let me know what's going on in your business world. Shout out to Amanda, Lindsay, and Aaron for making this podcast with me. And thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week.